welcome to this week's Three Legs Four Wheels F1 podcast. It's Paul here with Dan, Chris, Sean. We've done it. We managed to get the same lineup for two shows. Yay! <laughs> still no Lee. Still no Lee. He is still. How do we best describe him? Recuperating. That'll do. Yeah. Had a small relapse. A minor setback. That minor setback sounds like a band that he would hate. So yeah. let's call it. Minor <laughs> we'll call it that then. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think what it was. He found out he could get morphine if he said he was ill. Ah, that probably explains it then. And uh, apologies for being uh, a little bit late this week. We just had a couple of logistical problems with being able to record anywhere. Yes. But all sorted, and uh, we are here now. Indeed we are. And we have a Grand Prix to preview, if I can actually speak. Grand Preview. Grand Preview. (laughs) Very nice. Second one of the year already. Yeah, where's this season going? (laughs) It'll be December before we know it. But it's still March. No. (laughs) But yeah, the Grand Prix is happening in March as well. I'm I'm not with it today. It's been a long couple of days. But yes, Bahrain Grand Prix this Sunday. Yes. At a reasonable time for UK and European viewers. Which is welcome after Australia. Yes. Yes. First night race of the season. Which... Bahrain's been better since it became a night race, hasn't it? I think so, yeah. It seems to be a better race. The track just seems to work better. Which is good. And um, going into it with Valtteri Bottas leading the Drivers' Championship. That's some words that I know, but not necessarily in that order. Um, yeah, um, he's got the bit between his teeth. He's, he looked know, like a driver last time out. Yeah, he did. Which is not, helpful. Not that he just looked like a driver, but he looked like a driver who knew how to put all the other drivers away mm-hmm. quite comfortably, um, including... You know the the almost invincible last season Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> so I mean, there's, there's a lot of people saying, "No, he's uh, he's looking good for a possible title this year." Too soon. Oh very yeah, much way. So. Well, very much soon. so. If that, he continues the way he was going in Adelaide, uh, in, in Melbourne, in Adelaide, Adelaide. In Adelaide. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I just went back a few decades there in Melbourne. Then, uh, yeah, if he wins every race, he'll he'll be world champion. But it's a bit too soon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Vettel won the first, was it, two races last year? Yeah. yeah. And we were saying, oh, it looks nailed on for a Ferrari title. That sound, yeah. that, that's that's a, a comment that... The, the podcast from this time last year probably hasn't aged very well. No. <laughs> I, well the podcast from this time last week probably hasn't aged very well. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Matured like a fine cheese. Um, we'll get to a Grand Prix preview later, but um, there are news things, none of which happened on Tuesday. A little bit of news is... Um, a little bits, bits and uh, yeah. bobs of news. So all the news is going to happen on Thursday because we're recording on a Wednesday. Yeah, of Formula course. One conspiracy. Yeah. yeah if it, Just if, get ready, Lee's going to start podcasting again any time now. That's what yeah. they're saving all their news for, I think. Yeah, everything, everything's going to happen at the driver's press conference, which is always on Thursday. Oh no, I meant when Lee's mm. back. Everyone's saving their shocking news for that. Just to give him an aneurysm. Yeah. Silly season starts in China. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, apparently Mick Schumacher is going to be driving for Ferrari within within hours and he will be the next world champion for him. But not. But he is testing. Mm, he, yeah, well, it was announced, wasn't it, a while ago that he was going to test the Alfa Romeo at Bahrain. Yeah. Uh, now he's splitting his two days by testing, is it Ferrari on Tuesday? Ferrari on Tuesday and Alfa, Alfa Romeo on Wednesday. On Wednesday. Mm. They really are pushing him along quick. I mean, he's got his first ever F2 race this this weekend as well because the F2 season starts. Yeah, let's not forget he hasn't done 
Formula Two race yet, let alone you know Formula One. The only the only other time he drove a Formula One car was when he drove his dad's Benetton round Belgium. Um, was it for to celebrate twenty years or something like that since since his does it twenty five years 20, since since his first win or something something like that yeah yeah twenty sixteen or what I want to say that was and that was a parade lap that wasn't anything like racing speeds was it no not at all it was a, par- a complete parade lap yeah but I mean obviously with um, with Mick Schumacher being on the Ferrari Young Drivers Program and you've got to use a certain number of young drivers during the year in the testing sessions yeah. Um, this is ideal. Um, there are other drivers on the Ferrari Young Drivers program as well. Um, is Giuliano Alessi one of them? Giuliano Alessi is there. Callum Eilert, who keeps getting pushed further and further down the pecking order. And was it Luca Giotto? Luca Giotto well? and I think Antonio Fuoco are kind of kicking about in the Ferrari Academy, but I think they might have got lost. One of the new Fittipaldi's, a, uh, is it Pietro Fittipaldi? Oh, he's with Haas. No, Haas, Haas have got he's, him. He's a Haas now, isn't he? Yeah, well, he, um, he drove the Haas in Barcelona. He was, a, he was a Ferrari Academy driver, though, so I don't know whether he could jump back into... Uh, well, if Ferrari. he's with or Haas, Haas probably, have, yes. Yeah, whether Haas have just signed him up... No, yeah. I think Hass have got him and they're sharing him with um, one of the IndyCar teams because okay. he was... He, yeah, he did Indy and um, World Endurance Championship. He does look he? about 13. He might be. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think he's 20. I, I think, think, I think, I think he's, he's about 20. He's, he's just been preserved very well. Yeah. yeah. He's got all the age that the rest of the Fittipaldis don't have. <laughs> <laughs> they all, the Fittipaldis always look older than they are. Yeah, Emerson looks about three hundred now. <laughs> I'm assuming he isn't three hundred. <laughs> no, he's roughly the same age as uh... Paul. Yeah, <laughs> six minutes <laughs> <laughs> didn't take long. I'm younger than Michael Schumacher. I'll have you know. Oh well, Pietro Fittipaldi is twenty-two. Yeah, but how young does he look? Seven. <laughs> he had an easy paper round. <laughs> yeah, what delivering to Emerson's house? Yes. Emerson is 72. And the rest. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it looks, it looks like Ferrari are uh, already planning big things for Mick Schumacher's career if he, uh, if he comes through. I mean, it's prima that he's driving for in F2, isn't it? Yes. yes. They usually win stuff. But they've, got, they've also got Sean Galeil, so... Oh. <laughs> well, they usually build a car to win stuff. Whether the drivers are capable of winning in it is another question. Yeah, he, still... he, he usually unbuilds a car. He does, but the thing is, Sean Galeil has had the um, more traditional route uh, of, a, of a young driver where it's junior formula, bit crashy, gets a bit better. Uses daddy's up. money. Yeah, steps up, you know, crashes a bit, gets a bit better, steps up, crashes a bit. You know, it just it's, it's a slow progression. I get the feeling Ferrari, and perhaps maybe they, they might drag Alpha into this as well, Pulling Mick Schumacher along way too quickly. Uh, okay, it's only a test. Let's not get super carried away. The media are going to get carried away because it's a Schumacher in a Ferrari. But the 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 way that they're doing it, it's a lot quicker than the way Lance Stroll went straight into Formula One. And it's a lot quicker than... The way Max Verstappen, well, it's not a lot quicker than the way Max Verstappen came to Formula One. So he was in karting and in one one season, didn't he? Of yeah, uh, but it's for me, it's not the didn't right happen, way. Didn't happen bad for Kimi Räikkönen. Was it his first Grand Prix? Was only his twenty 
fourth single seater race. He wasn't. He was. He was hyped up a lot though. Early days, Kimi Raikkonen, and put some good performances. And he was always going going to be a world champion, but never quite made it until McLaren fell over themselves to give him a world championship. Um, and don't get me wrong, I'm I'm, I'm very happy that Kimi is is a world champion, but. Yeah, I don't. I think Ferrari are going about it all the wrong way, and they, and they they stand to ruin Mick Schumacher. The 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 the, the success rate of pulling a, a a driver through the formula really really quickly is is very very low. It usually ends in them getting farmed out to other teams who then never sign them, and then they fall off into WEC. Do, do you think World maybe the championship? Their main aim is to get him a super license so that, okay, it would be silly to put him in a Formula One team at the moment, but if, if he's got the super license, then they can when they know he's ready. Uh, yeah, he still has to do a certain amount of Formula Two events, doesn't he, before he, gets, before he can qualify? He would have to, I think, he's, I think well, no, to... he's, um, he's FIA Formula Three champion, isn't he? Yeah, he's got the, he's got, a te- um, he's got a testing and FP1 license. Yeah, so he's got to be able to race, 25 I think he... points, is it, for the, for the Formula Three title? Yeah, so I think he'd only need to finish top five in F2. I see, yeah, yeah. And then that would give him the points for the super license. So he needs to be good in F2. That's depending then. what he's got from the year before as well. It's not... three, three years in a row that count. So he did, did he do German Formula 3? Uh... He did two years of European Formula 3. But his first year in Formula 3, he was rubbish. I'm not going to beat around the bush here. <laughs> he, was, he was pants. He finished behind, I think he finished 17th in the championship. So he's, he's got no points from the year before. So yeah, he probably only needs to be moderate podium contender in F2 to end up at the end of the year with... A super license. Well, the thing is, F two's that open this year because the best drivers aren't there anymore. What was it? The top four from last year are in Formula One. Um, well, the top three. Or top, the three top three are in Formula are. One, and Markelov. Was Markelov fourth last year? That sounds. I'm not, I'm not sure. I don't think he was. Talk amongst you got, yourselves. You got me, th- you got me thinking. Yeah. But he was a fairly winning driver. But yeah, he, Mark- was he the winningest driver? Oh. I don't know if he was the winningest driver. <laughs> no, because he wasn't in Amer- taking part in American sport. Oh, no, fourth, fourth is still in F2. Fourth was Nick DeVries. Who's never going to progress further than F2. No, he's peaked. What are the odds on him coming fourth again this year? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> it depends. It depends how how um, how um, crashy he decides to get in, in Monza. Well, I mean, Again, he's going to be on the McLaren Young Drivers program until he's the same age as Emerson Fittipaldi. Well, Gary Paffert's now what retired? I mean, like actual like sixty something year old. <laughs> um, and he was all, he was McLaren's young driver until three years ago. A couple years ago, of years ago yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, progressing Mick Schumacher. Um, I I suspect what they might be doing is grooming Kimi's replacement at Sauber. And Alpha. in turn, uh, Alpha, sorry, yes, swear, yeah. excuse me, excuse me. Um, and, and in turn, then grooming Vettel's replacement a few years further down the line after he's had a bit of a practice in the B team. Is, it, is, it, is he, um, are they preparing Schumacher for if Giovinazzi is rubbish? Now, that's, that's the way I can see it going. If Giovinazzi doesn't perform, um, is it now more important to have a German in the Ferrari than it is to have an Italian in the Ferrari? I think it must be. 
Um, it's not. It didn't work out badly for him in the past. Well, twenty years ago, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, if Joven if Jovanazzi can't cut it and gets completely and utterly destroyed by Raikkonen, then they've got the option of moving Schumacher up next year. And no one knows what's going to happen with um, Vettel at the end of 2020, because that's when his contract's up, isn't it? I think so, but... Where then we... again, everybody's contract's up at the end of 2020 yeah. at the moment, because there, there's no, no Concord one, agreement, yeah. so there isn't a Formula One. Technically speaking, yeah, although I think there are some drivers who have contracts with... Options yeah. and stuff. Option, yeah, with, with the companies until post yeah. mm-hmm. post that time, because the, 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 there probably will be some sort of racing formula. Yeah, but um, yeah, are, are they looking at um, taking him on the Charles Leclerc route, which would be a year in Sauber slash Alpha, and then moving him up? So get him get him testing this year and used to the car. They want to make sure that Charles Leclerc is up to the job first. It's yeah, and it's it's going to involve a lot of plate spinning by Ferrari. But as we know, Ferrari if he's not yeah, Ferrari are good at plate spinning. If he's not, and there are already rumours, you know, murmurs of Vettel maybe leaving or you know falling out of favour with Ferrari, then they could find themselves two drivers down. And I think it it makes sense for Ferrari to be starting to build a, a pipeline of drivers. Yeah. I mean, what are they going to do, bring Kimmy back? <laughs> <laughs> At some point, that will cease to be an option. 44 years old, Kimmy Raikkonen. <laughs> How old was Schumacher when he made his comeback at Mercedes? Uh, 40, was he? 41? Hang on, what, uh, what year was it? He came back 20... 2010. Yeah, 41. Yeah. Possible. Yeah, yeah, you never know. But, yeah, I mean, Ferrari do actually have a lot of drivers on their young drivers programme, and they appear to be me in favour of using them. Yeah, sorry to interrupt. You just reminded me of something. Ferrari fell out with the Schumachers when Schumacher Michael went to Mercedes and decided he wanted to wear a red helmet with red gloves. Ferrari tried to kick off and say, you can't wear red, that's the colour you wore with us. Ferrari don't own red, surely. Is that what they're trying to suggest? Yeah, I think so. They own the colour red. Yeah, and, my, and that Michael. I mean, Michael may have only changed his colour to to red to because you know he was driving for Ferrari. Because he had the blue helmet before, and then all of a sudden, after two years in Ferrari, the it started blue, more red. The blue, more red. the blue bit switches to a very Marlboro red colour. Yes, and lots of red. But he had red gloves and a red helmet with his silver suit, which looked a bit odd. Um, but yeah, Ferrari kicked off saying that you can't take that that sort of imagery over to Mercedes. And now they're like, ah, oh, yes, but now we have your son, and literally, there's nothing you can do about it. Which maybe, sounds maybe, a bit like they've kidnapped him. That, that, a bit. Maybe, maybe that's the compensation. What, you reckon he had to sign you away the red, image rights want, to his son? But to... we want your firstborn. <laughs> That'd be a very Ferrari thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, sorry, they're not based in Sicily, are they? <laughs> or are they? <laughs> Shall we move swiftly on? They might yeah. not be formally Pro- based for the in best. Sicily. Yeah, I'll, I'll, um, I'll, I'll do that while I've still got thumbs. Um, McLaren, I don't think they're threatening to quit. No, there was this... Well, well I read it as a threat a threat to quit. No, you read a click, clickbaity headline as a threat to quit. Well, I, I skimmed an article. and <laughs> it... Now, in my, my former manager's world, that would make you fully qualified. Oh, dear. <laughs> but... It's no, it's not it's not a threat to quit. It's saying that just, just to put people who haven't read the article into the picture. Yeah, what we're talking about here. 
Um, Zach Brown has said that McLaren would consider their position in Formula One. Is that what he? Yeah. The words he used. Um, if the rule changes in twenty twenty one. Did overly, spe- fa- overly favour manufacturers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which, sorry. Yeah, you can read it as, as a threat to quit, but also it's business reality. Mm-hmm. It's If we're never yeah. going to have a chance to win, why would we be here? For a number of years now, McLaren has been more than a Formula One team. It's an engineering facility and, and you know, the McLaren Applied Technologies is... is applying technologies to literally everything yeah. in the world. And, um, you know, they build road cars now as well. Um, if they weren't doing Formula One, McLaren as a business entity, probably be okay. Obviously, the Formula One team is a massive part of their business. But, yeah. don't forget, WEC are bringing in the hypercars category in two years' time. Who's going to be nailed on favourite for that? <laughs> Depends what happens in the next two years with hypercars because there are some some crazy stupid hypercars coming out at the moment. Yeah, but I mean, if it's going to be a hypercar that's uh, at the moment, des- you'd say the design- McLaren Senna. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, if it's going to be a a class for hypercars that are tuned for competition, McLaren make hypercars, they tune racing cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you look at it that way, yeah. No, it's going to be a McLaren versus Ferrari fight in um, in that particular class, which is what they want to be happening in. Formula One. But is the Adrian Newey um, Aston Martin not in the hypercar category? You would you would think you that would there would be so, some kind you? of Aston Martin entry. Mm. Yeah. The, the AN1. <laughs> but, um, yeah, if McLaren, McLaren are basically... Well, Zach Brown's basically saying that there's no point in them competing if the playing field isn't level enough for them and teams like them to be able to compete. And I've got to agree with him. Yeah. But I don't think it's a... I don't think it's a Ferrari-esque, I'm taking taking my bat and ball home because I don't like what you're doing. It's, I think it was just making sense, but a lot of the uh, clickbaity headline writers have jumped on and said, oh, Zach Brown threatens to pull McLaren out of Formula One. Bollocks. It could be something entirely different. I mean, considering the position is very, very open to interpretation. How, you know, everyone's assumed that means quitting. They do make cars. They could make an engine realistically if they wanted to. Yeah, they could become a manufacturer. If they decide it favours manufacturers, they're like, well, let's be a manufacturer. That's our position now. Yeah. That's, that would be considering their position. Yeah, I mean, obviously the whole 2021 thing is still up in the air, but things are progressing, allegedly. Um, there have been meetings taking place. Secretive ones, under cover of darkness. But not at Bernie's Big In Hill. No. <laughs> Bernie Eccleston's Big and Hill compound. Yes, <laughs> to give it its full name. Yes. Trademark. Yeah. Ink. He also has the Bond villain beard now, goatee. I don't reckon that's the real Bernie. I think, that, I, think that's, I think that's the good Bernie from the alternative mirror universe. Do you reckon they got it from the same place as fake Melania? <laughs> it's just like someone just dishing out spares. Like an agency. Maybe Bernie could be the fake Melania. Oh, that's that's we'll, a rumor. We'll send that one over to Lee. That will go down well on one of his one of his other podcasts. Um, but yes, the twenty twenty one meetings are happening because um, who was it that um, who was it that said it? I think it was might have been gone to Steiner that said 
the need to get on with something quick because the design for the 2021 cars is going to be starting in the next two to three months. Yeah. And yeah. we'd like to know what we're designing. Which Always helpful. I, I, think, I think that, that, would be, uh, that would be useful. Um, all we know at the moment is the engine regulations aren't going to change massively. We don't know what they are going to change. It's possible that they could remove the MG or standardise the MG UK. Yeah, it looks like that's going to be that's going to be staying because that's what Ferrari and Mercedes wanted. Right. Mainly Mercedes, by all accounts. Um, it's going to be a standardised gearbox because the tenders have gone out for that, and they've not released what the other parts are. But apparently, they've put tenders out for nine other components. On cars, which are going to be standard. Well, that could be anything from spark plugs to chassis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's hope it's not a chassis. Well, I don't know. Chassis, engine, aero. <laughs> Indif one. <laughs> I don't know. I've always argued that Formula One needs to decide which way it wants to go and then stick with it. Either become completely open to design and just like let them just do what they want. Here's a box, draw your car within that box and make it as fast as you can. Or you're using this and it's down to the drivers. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. There's over the last, what, 20 years been a fight between the standardizing things and yeah. the and the free-for-all. And I'd prefer the free-for-all. Formula One is meant to be the pinnacle I'd of technology. Prefer, yeah, I yeah. prefer the free for all as well. So if one com- you know, one manufacturer is better at making one aspect of the car and another is good at making another aspect of the car, let them fight it out to see which particular bit that they're best of makes do, do you remember the car in the, better. In the nineties, when there was a couple of years where you had V twelves, V tens, and V eights, yeah, all, all, all yeah. against each other. And it was fine because they could produce similar amounts of power, but the V tens and the V twelves obviously had the had had slight advantage over over the V8s on like tracks like Monza, Silverstone, things like that. But then that made the, the teams with the V8 engines work harder to find different things that they could then get the advantage on for other circuits. And you found that the V8s actually weren't far behind when you were expecting them to be. And then the V8s had the better reliability in a lot of cases as well because when you got the big big engine blowouts yeah it was the um it was the bigger engines that went because there were more parts to go wrong yeah and on the more technical circuits the v8s with their quicker acceleration worked better yeah the, go back to the original the original turbo era when not every not every car had a turbo engine in it and there was naturally aspirated cars racing alongside turbo ones mm. you know there was a few years in that where it was hard to tell what was the better package yeah so you know let it let it be a development race don't 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 turn it into a spec series. No, because I mean, what what would happen? I think eventually would be that you know you'd have I don't know Mercedes with their double batteried hybrid powered you know one thousand five hundred horsepower V eight should we say for argument's sake twin turbo, and if that was the fastest engine or power unit, eventually people would migrate towards that. Yeah, but it, Honda might go. Oh no, we're going to go with the straight six. Because <laughs> we think it's better for packaging, and we'll get a better aero package out of it. And the, what we'll lose in power will be, you know, we'll make up for an aero. Which... And because we can make it for two million pound an engine cheaper than, yeah, than the Mercedes thing, which the teams can then spend on other parts of the car. 
to gain that advantage. To I was just the talking about back, them. Yeah. Like the V8s wouldn't be that far behind or would sometimes be ahead in the case of like the, the, the mid-90s Benetton, for example, which used a V8. You know, th- then, yeah, I don't, I don't understand what the problem is in, in leaving it open source. Um, yeah, I'm... We're not um, here to fix Formula One. No, we, we keep we keep trying and never listen to us yet. No, um, and it's still broken. Yeah, that's true. But it's apparently it's not going to be broken this time in two years. I'm pretty sure we said that two years ago. Yes. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, right, what have we got next? Ah, yes, another podcast to talk about. Is this the official F1? The podcast? official F1 podcast. So we're allowed to talk about that. Beyond the grid. Beyond the grid. With um, this week's guest, Luca de Montezemolo, who had a few uncomplimentary things to say about Fernando Alonso. Uh, were they meant to be uncomplimentary, or was he just saying as it <laughs> as it was? Um, well, it came out as uncomplimentary. Let me just find the quote. Because when you when you read this quote out, I'm going to say this is not just. Down to Fernando Alonso. I think this is most racing drivers. Yeah, sorry, the F1 app appears to have disappeared from my phone. It was, it was there earlier. Found it's it a again. conspiracy. Uh, you've been logged out. And bearing <laughs> in mind that he's not talking in his native language as well. There yeah, is that. This will yeah, this will be an Italian talk... talking about a Spaniard in English. Yeah, he didn't talk in English an awful lot when he was in Formula One, other than to say, you know, when people crowd around the Ferrari motorhome. He'd give a few words and then walk off in a very flamboyant Italian style. His hair never moved. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. Right. Uh, Basically, what he said was, on reasons why it didn't work out at Ferrari for Alonso, um, scroll down to it. I had this earlier, it bloody logged me out of it. Yay, we love technology. Yeah. Um, he's less, he was less close to the team than Michael and Nicky, particularly in the, diff- in the difficult moments. To be close to the team in the good moments is easy. In terms of performance, Fernando was very good. Um, if you won one championship today, we're talking about something different. We are talking that Alonso, despite his many years, didn't have the best car and was able to win the championship. Alonso is very strong, which all, all fine and good. But he also said he was Alonso, not Alonso Ferrari. When he wins, he's happy. When he doesn't win, it's the problem of the team. He's unhappy. Alonso kicked off about that. Well, I don't know that... Well... He seemed to kick off about it. I think he called it fake news. I don't think he kicked off at Montezemolo. He might be doing so now, now that it's come out. But I think at the time of, you know, the uh, typing press, um, as it came out online... Because well, this came out Monday, and the podcast only came out today, Wednesday. Yeah. So Fernando said... You never give me a reason to follow this account, and now I'm reminded why. Um, the president never said this. We fought really hard up until uh, the, the last moments, nearly won championships. Um, now, clearly, De Montezemolo did say it, but does Fernando mean he didn't mean that? He didn't say it like that. Yeah, yeah you're taking him out of context. Mm. Um, he still calls him president, which I think is... is, is uh, Quite telling. telling. You know, like, um, I saw an interview on TV with uh, current Manchester United manager Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, and he still calls Alex Ferguson boss, which just just slightly strange. I I don't call any of my former employees boss if I ever see them. (laughs) Employees. Employees, employers, sorry. (laughs) 
it would be slightly strange if you called an employee boss. Yeah, no, I've never been never been, <laughs> been high up enough to have employees of my own. Employers, I meant to say, yeah. I never called any of my former managers boss when I've seen them. That's because I don't call them boss anyway. I was going to say. Call them by their first name. <laughs> I used to have a uh, chairman at a company that I worked for insisted on um, not being addressed by his first name. It was always Mr. Hmm. Surname. Mr. First, surname. Yeah. First name, last name. Yeah. And um, the first first time I saw him after I'd left that company, I made a point of calling him by his first name and there was nothing he could do about it. It was a really small, petty, partridge-esque victory, but I won. <laughs> In the end, I had the last laugh. <laughs> Sorry, I've been watching too, way too much Alan Partridge again. Um, so is this Alonso thing going to be a storm in a teacup, do we reckon, or...? Uh... It's just going to fizzle out. I don't think I don't think either of them are, are that bothered enough to do anything about it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a conversation about two people who used to be in Formula One. They did quite well. They didn't win world championships. Uh, and I don't think either of them blames the other one for it. That's nah, good for clickbait. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's all, and that's all it is. Yeah. Much like the quit threat yeah. from McLaren. Yeah. It's definitely, definitely hints of clickbait around this podcast tonight for some reason. <laughs> Um, in that case, click this link. What's happening on Sunday in Bahrain will blow your mind. You'll There's never believe what happens next <laughs> on this podcast. Yep. Click here to find out. They've already clicked the listening to it. That's click here to find out. Okay, why? Why Stop are you pointing at your knees? Why are you pointing at your legs and saying "click here"? Click here. <laughs> Nobody's clicking on my legs. <laughs> I'll set a cat on you if you're not careful. Uh, Bahrain Grand Prix this weekend. Cats can't click. They haven't got thumbs. Wouldn't button it with these. Alexa, click here. I'm not sure what went wrong. <laughs> Alexa, that's why nobody there. was clicking. Yeah, something mm-hmm. went wrong. Um, that's set everyone's uh, yeah. <laughs> Alexa devices. Yes. <laughs> In which case... No! <laughs> We've already done that one. We saw what happened when I asked her to um, order a Faraday cage. No, no, no. We're not, we're not, we're not, doing, we're not that. doing that again. No, I'm not, I'm not doing that one. I was going to just make myself some money on the side. It's fine. <laughs> can we talk about this weekend's race, please? Yeah, of course yes. we can. Right. Um, so, second, second race of the season. Ferrari seem to think they've got the problems under control that they had in Australia and they're expecting a better showing this week. That'd be nice. It would be good. Um, It'd be nice to have Ferrari in the fight. Yeah. Let's be honest, they weren't really in the fight in Melbourne. No. As much as we were expecting them to be anyway. Vettel's pace just went away completely. Well, it did, but later on he managed to hang on to Hamilton for quite a long time and then the gap just got bigger. Yeah. And then Verstappen turned up. And did his thing. Verstappen doing Verstappen things, yeah. as he usually tends to. Um, I mean, there's a, there's a chance that um, if Ferrari have actually got their, uh, got the cooling problems an issue, uh, cooling problems and the issues sorted out, we could see a better showing from them. Helmut Marco's actually uh, waded in to the Ferrari thing. Um, the not- Ferrari no. <laughs> it, yeah. It's not like anyone to do with anyone that's got anything to do with a Red Bull organization to start playing mind games with another team, is it? No, not in the not in the slightest. But um, yeah, Helmut Marco's come out and said, "Oh yeah, it's 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 their cooling. It was it's definitely a problem for them." So, so good that you know the boss of another two teams on the grid knows so much about Ferrari. Yeah, 
Yeah, well, if he knew so much about Ferrari, he would have known how to beat them over the last few years, surely. You would have thought. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Ferrari making Ferrari making a comeback. Mercedes obviously being in their uh, accustomed strong position at the moment. What do we think about Red Bull's chances? Because I think quite strong, to be honest with you. They Honda seem to think that they're going to get um, they're going to get wins on the board before the summer break. I wouldn't be surprised if it happens in Bahrain, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, mm. Look at how strong Pierre Gasly was in the Toro Rosso in Bahrain last year. That is true. I mean, he did get uh, fourth. He got fourth. Okay, he was miles back on the top three. But um, but he still got fourth. He obviously yeah, he likes got the track. Fourth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he, he likes the track. The Honda engine seemed to be... You know, keep this quiet so it doesn't listen. It seemed, <laughs> it seemed to be okay under the, under the lights of Bahrain when it was night time. Couldn't see the sun, so it was all right. It's not a morning engine. <laughs> no, uh, no, it's a night owl. Um, I, th- I think they'll be massively buoyed at Honda and at Red Bull uh, after the uh, performance, uh, more than anything in uh, in Melbourne. At times, Verstappen was looking like he might get a fastest lap. He was the quickest car out there for. You know, he he was chasing down Lewis Hamilton for a bit until Hamilton went. I bet better not let this Red Bull get close enough, and then put a bit of distance between them. Mm. But it was uh, right up until closing laps. It was looking like Verstappen could pass Hamilton. Now a Honda engine passing a Mercedes works team. You know, they were unthinkable a couple of years ago. But a couple of years ago, a Honda engine passing practically anything was unthinkable. Yeah, but it's um, <clears throat> I, th- I I think the Red Bull um main team will be looking at I, I I agree with that 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 statement they'll probably have wins on the board before the summer break mm. wins plural yeah it it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me and it would be the biggest turnaround from a supplier manufacturer that we've seen in recent years i mean you look at the low points of honda since they came back into f1 otherwise All known of as it. Ev- everything up to putting it in the back of a toro rosso yeah and to see them actually being seriously looked at as race-winning contenders. It's Honda, it's where they should be. Yeah, I I honestly don't think there is that much of a difference between the engines nowadays. At the start of the hybrid formula, it was clear Mercedes were the best engine. You had Mercedes, then the Ferrari team, and then you'd have Williams and Force India behind them. Yeah. But nowadays, you can't tell by looking at the engine in a car where it's going to come. No, There is the Mercedes get- at the back of the grid. The Honda was in the, in the McLaren for a while and was towards the back and everyone said, oh, it's because they've got the Honda engine. It wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. It, it was a factor, the, but it was. It wasn't. Well, the, it wasn't exclusively. The McLaren the now has the Renault. The Red Bull now has the Honda. They've not significantly moved. No. The McLaren is a little bit, for, little bit further forward. The Red Bull is where it was, which was at the, point, the, front. At the pointy end. But, but shockingly, yeah. McLaren also blowing up in Australia. So. Yeah. <laughs> I did read somewhere that that was um, that was a total engine loss for science, but I've only, well, that's I've, not ideal. I've not seen that in more than uh, more than one place. But there so was fire. Sure. Yeah. Fire is not great for engine components. as, no. as a general no. rule of thumb. <laughs> Metal and plastic tend not to like fire. No, not usually. 
not if they want to keep the same shape and same sort of functional qualities. And there's a bloody cat in the list. This is yes. too early in the pod as well. This is not like he's waited until near the end. We're yeah. just starting the bloody preview here. Um, <laughs> that's, that has thrown me completely. Um, <laughs> There are extra DR, there's an extra DRS zone in Bahrain this year. Yeah. Sean, you're going to explain this because you did such a great uh, job of trying to explain it earlier. I did not do a very good job. <laughs> Unfortunately, everywhere that's done an article explaining this third DRS zone, no one seems to have done a fucking map. Like, if you're going to do an article, just a little rant here, if you're going to do an article about where DRS zones are on the track, maybe just throw in the outline of the track and highlight it or something because I could not find this graphic earlier. It would be All kind right. of like a local news station saying that a road is closed and not telling us where the road is. Yes, that kind of shit does happen, <laughs> yep. to be fair. Yeah, it does. <laughs> but yeah, so after much reading and looking at um, the outline of the track and trying to figure out what the fuck, um, there's going to be the same two DRS zones they had last year, which is on the start-finish straight and the back straight, which I think is between turns 11 and 12. Um, and then they've added in a, sec- a third one, um, heading into turn four, which is the Sorry. ninety degree right hander. Yeah, so as you come out of the, the start finish straight, you've got yep. like little you got the, you got the, you got the turn one and then two, yep. instantly goes to turn two, two and then three. Yeah, coming out of turn three. You're gonna have a DRS zone. Be another before DRS zone before into turn four. Hard break for four. Is that one about as short as the third one that they're putting in Australia, which was it, I th- from from the a description on the pointless side? From the description, it sounds a bit longer. It's qu- it's quite a reasonably length straight. So, mm. talk amongst yourselves for a minute. Uh, we'll be back okay. in a second. Uh, do, do you just want to hit pause because God, that is awful, Bruno. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> well, that was a jump cut I wasn't expecting to make, and uh, for those reasons, we'll call it a pit stop. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can think of another word that rhymes with pit. Yeah. We, we could call it. <laughs> Ah, that, that is the hazards of podcasting in a very open plan flat with uh, cats about. Yes. Um, right, where were we? I'm going to get on to talking about the midfield. You made an interesting point while we weren't recording. Yeah, uh, at Melbourne, the, there was no real order to the midfield. It looked like they're, they're all very well bunched up, um, with the exception of Williams, who are clearly at the back. Three to four laps off the pace. Yeah, yeah depending on which driver you pick. Um, then... You know, it's we, we had a very binary race. The whole midfield. There's one Renault had a terrible race. One Renault had a good race. To the guy that um, made a comment on um, the Facebook post for last week's podcast, that is your first cue to take a drink. Bi- <laughs> binary result is his. That's his your drink. next cue yeah. to take a drink. He said every time they say binary, have a drink. Oh, no, we've all seen that episode of How I Met Your Mother where. Uh, but um. But um. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think I replied with a How I Met Your Mother gift? Oh, did you? Yes. Brilliant. Yeah. Excellent. But um. Uh, so um. Yeah, you had the uh, one Alpha had a good race, one Alpha had a bad race, uh, one Toro Rosso had a good race, one didn't have so much. Even the Red Bulls, you know, had one good race. Mom one McLaren finished, one end up, ended up exactly. on fire. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, Haas as well. One had four wheels. One had Grosjean. <laughs> yeah, one was Grosjean, yeah. Or, or Haas as they are now, Captain Crashy and the Beige Boy. <laughs> <laughs> I did actually see Guido van der Gaard did a very oh. uh, uh, funny tweet about. Um, about the uh, the whole Haas wheel thing, just like he he, he um, took the stills from Gunter Steiner's interview in um, um, the Netflix series, and then uh, <laughs> the next one was you had one job. Grosjean <laughs> <laughs> pulling over to it's like yeah, actually, yeah, that's going to make you look even even worse, isn't it? 
But uh, I'm, in, I'm really interested to see how the midfield pans out, whether or not we'll get a better picture of how it's going to pan out, or is that just how it is for 2019? Have we been given a picture for the, uh, after the first race where it's really tight and you're going to have um, you know battles here, there, and everywhere in the midfield, and that's where the real proper sort of classic style of racing is going to happen, where anyone can finish in any position, or... Are we going to see it stretch out a little bit, a little bit more form take place um, after the first race? I I would love to see it as um, a complete battle along the whole of, well, I'd like to say along the whole of the grid, but the whole of Formula 1.5. Yeah, I mean, even with Williams, I don't think it was a fair race between Russell and Kubica. Kubica had bits of his car missing. Kubica had a long pit stop at the end of lap one and did the rest of the race with a damaged car. I want to see how those two can even go against each other, even if they are two laps down. It's not the race you want to see. You don't want to see Williams racing each other at the back. That's kind of what Manor were doing a few years ago. It's not right. Mm. But it'd be interesting to see how they get on in a fair race against each other. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised. I would be I would be very surprised if Williams were anywhere near the rest of the field. Um, I want to see how Ricardo can do in a fair race, you know, without having damage to his car. Yeah. Um, I want to see the, the you know, the, the, the force... Force Indias, not Pound Force Indias. Hand in the swear jar. <laughs> swear jar. The racing points, sport pacer racing points, whether or not they're going to be, you know, further up the field. Is Perez going to be closer to Stroll? Is Stroll just that much better than Perez? There's so many open questions that weren't answered in Melbourne, especially in the midfield, and that's what I'm really looking forward to seeing. Yeah, I think I think we're in, we're in for an exciting one this weekend because I, I get the feeling we will actually get racing. All right, the top... The top six, we know, ish. Yeah, in a on a with all things being equal, we know the top six is going to pan out. Well, well we said do that we? last time, but do we? Yeah. I'm not. I'm not even sure that we know what three teams are going to comprise the top six if every if every car. Not works. last time. No, there was I mean, nothing wrong with Gasly's car. Exactly. I, I'm not entirely sure Gasly's got his feet under the table yet. I'm not saying he's terrible and he shouldn't be in a Red Bull. That's for Lee to say, <laughs> and I'm sure he will. <laughs> but. Uh, you're not on the chat thread. He has. Ah, yeah. fair enough, yes. Uh, I don't... I just think it's, it's taking Gasly a little while longer to get used to the, the workings of Red Bull coming from Toro Rosso. It's different, and he's not quite adjusted as quickly as maybe the team would like him to have done. I mean, it might, it might actually be the making of him at Red Bull this week because it's a circuit that he's good at. I was about to ask... If somebody could pass me a pen, but seeing as the cat's just thrown one on the floor, he's block, being he's... a little twat this evening. When I write, I need to, I need something to write predictions down. We'll with. have a look for another pen. Dan <laughs> might be able to reach the Bruno throne pen, and now Dan is falling over. <laughs> oh, I've recovered. Look, look what it says on the pen. <laughs> yes, yes. One you, le- you left here. Must be one I left here. Either that, or you, you've been stealing pens from somewhere else. Um, I've been leaving pens. <laughs> you've been leaving pens. Shall we do some predictions? Oh God, yes. I'll give I'll give you a little bit more time to think because Lee sent his in. Have we got a guest predictor this week? We do have a guest predictor, which I will get to in a second. But Lee sent his prediction in of Hamilton win, Bottas second, Vettel third. It's not inconceivable. Could well happen. And this week's guest predictor is long-time listener and regular tweeter Niska from South Africa. Hello, Niska. 
And she has gone for a Vettel win. I have to back my Ferrari boys. Hamilton second and Leclerc third. So Ferrari resurgence as far as Niska's concerned. Then. Yes, because she has to back her Ferrari boys. Yeah, that's okay. fine, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I will go for, I will um, go for Verstappen win. Ooh. Um, Vettel second, Bottas third. Hamilton not even on the podium. Yeah, I, I've also... I'm going to go for the same winner, Verstappen win. I think I think this is where Verstappen can really pick up his um, momentum from Australia and just carry it forward. I think Verstappen win um, purely because Mercedes will be watching Ferrari and not Red Bull. Um, Bottas second, Hamilton third. But then again... If Ferrari, yeah, it's hard. If Ferrari gets sorted, then of course they're, they're going to be up there too. Yeah, yeah. I, I reckon we might get the Ferrari resurgence. So Leclerc win. Oh, yes, that would Vettel be good... second, Bottas third. That would be a, that would be an interesting result, to say the least. They're going to cover off the wrong pit stop. Interesting. Mm. Didn't think of it like that. Uh, I'm going to go for a Vettel win with Hamilton second and Leclerc third because I think Mercedes will have Bottas covering off Leclerc but I think the Ferrari will have the pace to counteract the undercut (coughs) or Ferrari will outfox Mercedes when it comes to the pit strategy which they're good at doing early in the season not so much later on they weren't so good at doing it in Australia, but the car wasn't so good in Australia. So no. they were, they were, you know, they were uh, they were playing catch up from the start. If the cooling issues, according to Helmut Marco, are fixed, if the car's good, it's winnable for them, and the battle for the minor placings is winnable for them as well. Any thoughts on heroes and villains? Ooh, hadn't even bothered thinking. <laughs> Precisely zero thoughts. Yeah. Um... I mean, has have, has have got to come back from another dodgy pit stop. Yes. Williams as villains for just being the team that has stuck X at X number back. of laps yeah. down. How uh, many laps down do we think Williams are going to be this week? Uh, not as many as they were in Australia. Maybe three. Uh, Which was as many as George Russell was. Yeah. And maybe Russell will be two laps down. And you're going two and three. Two and three. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I'd I think prefer to see two and two. I would prefer to see two and two. I prefer to see on the same lap, if I'm perfectly honest. But I'd like to see them on the same lap as someone that scores points. I'm not even going that ambitious as the same lap as the winner. Mm. Yeah, but I, th- I think they're going to. I think they're going to be two laps behind. A fundamental issue with the car, which might not be fixed this season, and a lack of parts as well, which is going to hurt them. This is just. I mean, it's full on soap opera. Sure, I've said that. No, it's sure not. It's full on manner. <laughs> Circa 2015. <sighs> Although this one might have a slightly different ending if Mercedes do step in to uh, pull them out of the shit. Yeah. Um, right, that is the predictions. You can send your own in if you go to the website, threelegsfourwheels.com. Uh, look at the game section and we've got the prediction league on there. Give us your top three and your pole position and fastest lap as well. See, if, um, see if how you compare with us and everyone else. There was 80-some entries for the Australian Grand Prix. Let's see if we can beat wow. that this time. 
And, and let's uh, see if anybody gets the right winner this time. Yeah. Because nobody chose Bottas. No, there was um, 11 points available and the winner got... The winners. Four seven, people came away with seven points. Yeah, That's so good, though, because if you weren't with us for the Australian one, you can join in round two and not actually be all that far off. There are a couple of people on zero as well. Exactly. Still Who, yeah. plenty of time to play. Exactly. Good and uh, you can... And you're probably going to be better than most of us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, I'm saying that was reigning champion. In this room. In this room. <laughs> and with Lee, even though he says the steward's inquiry because we didn't let him have one of his predictions. Yeah, but Lee says weird shit like Grosjean and the number eight. <laughs> 13. <laughs> Fair yeah. point. I, I reckon there's a good chance that no one will predict the winner this year. Remember how well Gasly did last year. Yeah, mm. which is which is my thinking behind a Verstappen win. Poss- possible Gasly is hero. <laughs> it could happen. You never know. We'll be doing the live blog though, as usual on Sunday. I'll be here, Chris. You might be. Dan, yes. you joining us for the live blog this week? Yeah, I reckon. <laughs> so again, that'll be on the website, threelegsportwheels.com. We'll be all over Twitter and Facebook as always. Yeah, we will. And. Uh, Looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. All right, shall we shunt it? Why not? Yes, let, let's shunt it. Let's have a total shunt. Yeah, let's have a total shunt. Right, there is... Uh, I did promise someone that I would do this one the next time I was asking the questions on total shunts. Oh, God, that means it's a really difficult one. Um, well, what, um, what Will Minton called his email was a total shunt to end all shunts total. Right, this oh, is a heck. bold... This is a bold statement. So... We'll see how you do. He also said, please don't give it to Sean Kelly. He'd get it within two clues. <laughs> I'm oh, not two. Sure. That means it's a really difficult one. <laughs> <laughs> I was born. I know who this is. <laughs> purely by the tone of your voice. See if you can get this one from the tone of my voice. I was born. Yeah, hard burger. Michaeli Albrecht. <laughs> <laughs> in 1927. Oh, probably not. Ooh. Okay. So- this is someone who would be 100 and... No, oh, what the fuck's my maths? I've not had much sleep. 92. 92. <laughs> I'll continue. I have scored multiple wins at the 24 hours of Le Mans and the 12 hours of Sebring. So likely an American? Or um, a brand. Or a yeah. brand. A thing rather than a it person. Could, yeah. The birth of a legacy rather than a, a being. Hamilton's a brand. <laughs> he has a brand. He's, he is a per- <laughs> well, he's, he's, he's some something of a person. Uh, third clue, and I will need a guess yeah. at the end of this yeah. one. At one point, I drove for Cooper. Also, actually, maybe a person. Probably is a person. Yeah. Um... We'll need a guess. Um, Phil Hill was the first American Formula One champion in 1961. Yes. Uh, He would have been 34 at the time that he won that title then. If it if he if this is who we're talking about, he did venture into a few other series. He, d- he did a he? lot. He wasn't quite Jim Clark uh, style of of doing events, but he did a lot of events. Um, 
events where he had to wear open face helmets and, 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 and chipped his teeth because of grit and gravel oh, yeah. hitting him in the face. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good Phil good Hill opening yeah. gambit. 1961 world champion Phil Hill. Okay, that is your first guess. Clue number four. I have 52 Formula One entries. That's a, f- that's a good number. For someone of that era... Bear in mind, there was like, what, nine races yeah, a year? Nine, nine races and probably about the same number of deaths, so... Yeah. Oh, nine championship races, though. Um, so you'd have non, non-championship non Formula One events, but I don't know if that would, would, would be classing the same, so... They don't do non-championship events anymore, do they? No. I wonder if they should do just Cut one. from the race of champions. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's, that, that's not a Formula not One a race. Formula no. One race, no. Next clue. Mm-hmm. Yes. In 1949, I signed for Jaguar. 1949, so 20, age 22. Signed for Jaguar. I wouldn't... Uh, yeah. no, that doesn't no. help me at no. all, I don't think. I can't think of any famous Jaguar drivers <clears throat> that would have been driving for them in 1949. Okay. And I'll need another guess after this one. This is clue number six. My last F1 race was in Italy. Wolfgang von Tripps died in Italy, didn't he? Um, he was uh, f- he was almost on for the championship one year. Um, although Italy's the Monza, the, the old Monza claimed many lives, mm-hmm. didn't it? So, you know. Wolfgang von Trips is a, is, a, is a possibility. I think he was a German for, a Ferrari driver, going back to what we were saying before, <laughs> but Germans in Ferraris. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it, it. I feel like Phil Hill probably would not have driven for Jaguar. I don't know. I, I feel like Jaguar would think, be yeah. venturing a bit far afield for them. And in and for for Jaguar, and I'm not, I'm just getting a little bit historical here. For Jaguar to employ a German driver four years after the end of the Second World War. Mm, yeah, that's a point. Probably not great PR. <laughs> uh, so your second guess? I haven't got anyone else <laughs> other than Von Trips, who was killed at Monza. We'll go for that, I think. Wolfgang Von Trips. Okay. Clue seven. I won the first and last races of my driving career. So not Wolfgang Von Trips. <laughs> So somebody who would have won a race in Italy and then that was it, no more Formula One. I don't know that Italy was ever... But back in those days, the drivers would be racing in a load of different formulas, so you could win Formula One in Italy and then go off to do Formula oh, Two in see. Germany yeah, and, yeah. and uh, not come back from that. Yeah. But my knowledge of... So Drivers some, from that era, exactly. Is, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm all right with Formula One since I've been watching it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Historic, I haven't done a show on <laughs> and, and, and gone to you know gone gone super historic. Okay, well, I'll give you the next clue. It's um, is this eight or nine? This will be number eight. Okay, and like what Dan said, I finished fourth in the Tasman series. Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> 
That is very far afield. Much further afield than uh, your standard European. Yeah. Something that an American might have done, though? I mean, Jim Clark did Tasman series, didn't he? Yeah, whilst he was doing everything else. (laughs) So not necessarily an (laughs) American. From Australia to France to Russia to Germany to the UK, back to Australia. And then (laughs) quick quick blast around Formula Greenland. Yeah. (laughs) God, could you imagine Jim Clark versus Kimi Raikkonen in a snowmobile race? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'd give it to Jim Clark. (laughs) Uh, clue number nine? Yes. yes. My son raced an international Formula 3000. You see now, international Formula 3000 became GP2. <laughs> um, yeah. So, just trying to do the maths. Say this is someone who's had son... I don't know what, mid-twenties to mid-thirties. So, child would probably have been 20 In the 80s, yeah, early 90s, of... maybe. I, I can't think of... I don't know anyone who came up through Formula 3000. Um, I can't, you know, I can't name any driver. Obviously, Formula 1 drivers will, will have been in Formula 3000, but I can't name... Like, you know, like now with GP2, we're like, well, yeah. George Russell's GP2. I can't name anybody that I know went up from 3000 up to Formula One. But I was just like, oh, yeah, I saw him racing in Formula 3000. So we're looking at somebody <laughs> who's done 24 hours of Le Mans and Sebring. Yep. Could this be Graham Hill? Uh, I don't think Damon raced in. He, he didn't come up through the German junior formulas, did he? Yeah. He did. He, he did eventually. He um, did bikes first. Yeah. And then he had to start from the bottom and work his way up as quite an old racing driver already. Um, but like Sean said last time, or well, last couple of times we had him on. Damon was one of those drivers who got faster the more horsepower you gave him. Yeah. So he just needed somebody to have faith in him to give him that next step up and trust that he'd be even faster. I can give you a Spaffer question. Yes. For For a half point, I think it's worth it. For a half point, I am the only American F1 world champion. Oh. Right. So we got it. Phil Hill. You actually got it on on your first guess. Well done, Flood. Uh, just want to thank Will, Will Minton for sending that one in. Um, it half got him. Half got us. I was unsure with a couple of things. We, we seem to get like further away from Phil Hill as it progressed. I take Phil Hill for half a point. If you if you if you'd offer me that at the, at the beginning, I'd be like, yeah, go on then. I'll take that as half a point. Well, if I'd have said at the beginning, here's a total shunt. Tell you what, you can go for Phil Hill for half a point if you want. That kind of gives the game away. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> Um, just last thing to do is a quick update on Formula Lee. It's Bahrain in a Toro Rosso in the dry. And you've got until next Monday the 1st to get your times in. April Fool's Day in a- the UK. April Fool's well, I think it's April Fool's Day everywhere. Well, yeah. Particularly but... if you're Jacques Villeneuve, because 
he's always fooling around. Oh, oh brilliant. Yeah. That's wonderful. <laughs> you said it, baby. Yes. <laughs> Um, you can send your times in by email to three legs four wheels at gmail.com, uh, direct message on Twitter at three legs four wheels. And if you've got facebook.com three le- uh, slash three legs four wheels, you can send a private message on there as well. And if you want to get a hold of the rest of us on Twitter, you can get us at um, at Sean Cowper, at Flood21, at Dan Dankleton, at Pablo100. And for those of you brave enough to send Lee a message, it's at a total shunt. Yep. We will be back next week. We will we have a review of whatever goes on in Bahrain and all the big news stories that are going to be happening tomorrow morning that we're going to miss. Yeah, because Thursday is now the new Tuesday. Thursday is the new Tuesday, just, just, for, just, for the, just for this week only. Yeah. Um, and just to let you know, there is an extra show that we do every week on Patreon where if you subscribe to us from anything from $1 a month upwards, all the proceeds go to keeping us going. And there's an extra show that we do every week talking about Things other than F1, uh, what we've been up to, what music we've been listening to, general life stuff. Any general life stuff happened recently? I don't know. Um, You will have to subscribe. Anyone got engaged or anything? I didn't. I did not. By didn't, that that means you didn't as well, Sean. (laughs) Two years ago. Did you? Yep. Hear more about that on the Patreon podcast. Full, full oh. details, no pictures. And I just want to say thanks to Kieran for um, playing playing my song on his radio show as well. Ah, on, yes, on he Vectus did that. Radio, Ve- yeah. uh, Vectus, that's Vectus Radio in the Isle of Wight. It is, yes. On uh, Kieran's new music show on a Sunday, Sunday I believe, evening. eight o'clock, uh, half seven onwards. Was it yeah. half seven? And yeah. you can listen to that online at vectusradio.com forward slash listen. But I don't think you can listen to the show again. But um, but you can listen to Kieran's listen show to every Kieran, week. Listen to Kieran's show every week. He he he's great. And the show's great, and new music's always good to listen to. So give that a listen. Even well. I think that, and I'm dead old. <laughs> I was sandwiched between the Chemical Brothers and Idlewild. It was a bit odd. Oh, lovely! <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like one hell of a train ride. Yeah, it was. <laughs> we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Take care. Bye. bye. bye.